goes out to all you Ravagers and Outriders, Novacor and Crane, and even all you Sovereign out there. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Antonio Pantaras, no! Antonio. Uh, did you notice that when he got big, he didn't do the? Hey everybody, welcome to a special, a special episode special, special. of Sanctuary One Radio. It's Diamond Jab, I'm here with Props Inside. Uh, we are fresh removed from seeing Ant-Man. Why'd you remove me from Ant-Man? Like, like fresh, like we are, it's really fresh. You were in Ant-Man? We, uh, <laughs> no, I said remove me from, oh, not, remove not me. Oh, okay. out of. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we have just got done seeing Ant-Man. Um, it's been one week since he got to see. Yeah, what, one week since launch. Um, that's Matt. When uh, this episode airs, it's been joke. one week since launch. Yep. Um, so this is like a super casual episode. No fancy schmancy intro. No, we're. I don't even know where we are. We're on our way to somewhere. Aren't we always? Uh, we made a stopover back at Earth, checking on Ant Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something, 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 dark side, whatever. So um, we're going to start the film. Spoiler free. I'll go into the synopsis. We'll talk about the film as a film, how we liked it within the, the scape of the MCU. Uh, and then we'll get into our spoiler, spoilerific episode. Uh, we'll, we'll break it down and, and I'll give you guys an idea of kind of where we are up to this point. Um, but I want to start uh, immediate thoughts of the original Ant-Man. What did you guys think of the first Ant-Man? Where did it stand for you? Uh, what did you think about it? Go. I thought it was pretty unique as far as um, MCU goes. It was, a, it was a little bit of a chance. Not as not as much of a chance as, say, uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a big chance, but uh, a big roll of the dice. But it was interesting in that it was like a heist movie. It was basically what it was. Um, and can we make a heist movie interesting with superheroes um, as, as well as make one where there was a superhero that was already established. And that's where I say like it, it's done something that no movie had ever done in movie in comic book movie cinema before, which was to say there used to be a guy who was a superhero and he is now passing that mantle on. Yeah. yeah. Every other movie has been, we're introduced to the character. They grow up to be the superhero I mean, I guess the only one I the only one thing I can kind of think of is like it was a, a Zorro movie, I think when he, he was with Anthony like, Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, when he, he passed on the mantle. On, yeah, that's the only movie yeah, I can Antonio. think of where I remember like somebody who used to be a superhero is passing on the mantle to somebody else. So uh, Mask of maybe, Zorro, maybe like uh, Dark Knight Rises at the end. No, that's not even him passing on the mantle. Well, uh, he's like, here's a suit. 
he's he's like, hey, here's the Batcave. Yeah, true. And true. then Robin. Who knows? But that that to me isn't like I. He wasn't like I. I'm Batman. I'm not Batman anymore. I want you to be Batman. True, true, true. He's and like, here's some stuff. Anthony Hopkins in The Mask of Zorro is the only movie where I can think of that's even pseudo he like, like, superhero he, he trains him in everything. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I get you. But in, in comic book movie, like hard comic book movie cinema that has never been done before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's to watch that with Michael Douglas being like, I used to be Ant-Man. I can't be Ant-Man anymore. So I need someone like you. Yeah. And then to bring that up in the movie where he's like, the reason that he's using me is because I'm expendable. Like, he doesn't care if I die. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. No, and, and the thing is, and Scott knows this, you know? I mean. Yeah. It's a, de- it's a design decision for the movie that they own. So I really, I really love the first movie. The fact that it was a heist movie first and then a superhero movie second. Mm-hmm. The, we're not given any exposition. Like, all the exposition for Ant-Man is pretty much done through dialogue. And yeah. by Hank Pym Ant-Man, I mean not Scott Lang Batman. Ant-Man. Scott Lang Ant-Man feels necessary for the plot. So when we're introduced to why he becomes Ant-Man, it makes sense. Like, yeah, if you were yeah, just yeah. dropped into it, it's like, I caught you stealing into my house and now I want you to wear this super suit, I wouldn't understand yeah, Scott Lang nearly as much. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't translate. But, but the, the exposition way. isn't long. Like, we're... It isn't like we spent half the movie setting up him to be Ant-Man. That's what ends up happening, but we're given plot necessary things happening in the interim and we're introduced to one of my favorite characters ever which is his uh his cell cellmate yeah 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 lewis lewis um <laughs> michael pena man i didn't think i so when i first watched ant-man i didn't think it was a film that i needed i didn't yeah, think there was yeah. anything about the film mm-hmm. like when it was coming out like i don't need this film but i found myself really really gravitating to it for reasons that i couldn't quite put my finger on when i when i first left the theater like I left it and I went, I really enjoyed this film, yeah. but I didn't have anything specific. Like I had moments, but it I didn't feel the same way the way I, f- I feel about Captain America, the way I felt about some of the Iron Man films. Like it was odd. It was this weird distinction. I I I, I even f- I felt differently with like Doctor Strange. Like Doctor Strange, I left like, oh man, there's something about this film I I really liked the visuals, the whatever the case may be. With yeah. Ant-Man, I had expectations, and those expectations were met, but they were still pretty, like, solid expectations. So I, I didn't think I needed the film, but I left really going, I don't know if I can see the MCU without a film like this, like a break in yeah. the action. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, it, I mean, that describes it right there as kind of a, a break. It was like, um, it was not a heavy-handed superhero like I mean, yes, it had its action moments and it had its boss fight, but like there were there was some there was the heist part of it. I mean, was huge. So I didn't think this was a film that I needed. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's it was a nice palate cleanser, like for for the original Ant Man. Like it's to your point, it's a heist film, and that's what I loved about it. I loved about it being a heist film prior to it being a superhero film. It started. It's continued the trend of getting thematic films more than getting. And at the action film that people expected it to be, mm-hmm. um, and having those elements, I think, are, are is a breath of fresh air. And to I, it. I would say they kind of, um, without giving too much away, in the in the second one, they kind of bring that kind of heist ish. They bring feel it back a little back bit. It's not quite bit, as yeah. heavy, but they yeah. do bring it back. Um, so, with that being said, 
I want to get into the synopsis of the film. It's really quick. Can uh, you do the Netflix version? <laughs> no, they don't have that out yet. Oh. Um, can you Netflixify it? Can I Netflixify it? I don't know if I can on the fly. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do after the fact. Okay. <laughs> Scott Lang is grappling with the consequences of his choices as both a superhero and a father. Approached by Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym, Lang must once again don the Ant-Man suit and fight alongside the Wasp. The urgent mission to save Hank Pym's wife soon leads to secret revelations from the past as the dynamic duo finds itself in an epic battle against a powerful new enemy. <laughs> couple of things I have a problem with that. Epic is a strong word uh, yes. for how so, scale-wise uh, so, yeah. this is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to spoil it because, like, I, I once we get into the spoiler section, I That's definitely have saying, my like, opinions on the film. Like I said, I was like, spoiler-free, I don't know if epic is, a strong, is, is the term yeah. I would use. And also, uh, they didn't approach him. He called them. He called them, and then they kidnapped him. They kidnapped him. Yeah. So <laughs> approached, I guess, is a right. Loose like I have a little bit of a problem with the terminology they use in that description. Yeah, yeah. They make it sound they they almost Netflixified that on their own. <laughs> like if they were like, yeah, like, and then they palled around in the lab. They're yeah. just like, Scott, what you up to? Yeah, kind of. Um, hey, Scott, would you so mind I coming out start and playing? With, I want to start with its placement in the MCU without getting into spoilers. It is the palate cleanser of Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> it's, it's like, yes. hey, we killed all of your friends. Uh, we're uh, going to clean this up a little bit. We're going to we're gonna revisit that we during will, the spoiler. Uh, but we want, we want people to... We, we, it, uh, I, I guess I, wa I want to... My first question is the nature of the position of the film itself. Because there are people on both sides of the aisle who have their feelings about the placement of this film as a palate cleanser and whatever the case may be. So one half of the aisle says Avengers Infinity War is so dark of a film. I mean, it's it's got its lighthearted moments, but it's so dark that you need a film to remind people that superhero movie films are fun. That if the last thing you see on the screen is this catastrophic event with no seemingly positive outcome yet you need to have something right after it to to remind the fan base hey superhero movies are fun this isn't this isn't it because I, I, fan bases are reactionary yeah i i think they kind of did this with spider-man right so you had civil war and like our superheroes super dramatic are, are fighting a it's little dramatic. i thought i thought you were my friend uh, i thought you were mine too and, and then, more street level kind of thing exactly. when it came to spider-man took exactly. it from a, a higher notch to like a more localized one exactly and That's, i think i think I they've that, gotten into it yeah. uh <laughs> We went cosmic, and then we went really tiny. Really tiny. Like, there's <laughs> an intentional metaphor in that scenario. Like, that's, that's genie, you know? Infinite cosmic powers, itty-bitty living space. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Boom, all the way down to the other end of the spectrum. I never really thought about that, but that's a, that's a very good point, that they went... We went multiple planets all over the place, and here we're like, nah, no. we're actually going to the smallest possible amount of Earth that we can think that of. That we can think of. Like, we need to, to scale it down to an extent. And and I I I find myself torn because the other side of the, the, the argument says Ant-Man Ant-Man uh, Ant as a film 
because of its responsibility, feels out of place isn't isn't the phrase I want to use, but it's got this weird distinction because for fans in the back of their minds, the only thing they're thinking about is what they saw previously. Yeah. And so it's hard to go into a film that's trying to hit the reset button and you're not ready. You're like, I'm, I'm, I don't care about your reset button. I'm like, I just got through this experience of Avengers infinity war. So it's 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 All the difference between a palate cleanser and being force fed something. Yeah. And there are different perspectives that are going around the fan base. It's why the film has the these interesting reviews. Uh, there are positive reviews from it, and then there's a review that says uh, from Dan Jolin at Empire who says, uh, while it proves an all-around well-mounted distraction, Ant-Man and the Wasp undeniably lacks the scale and ambition of recent Marvel entries. So the film is getting penalized for its position and I feel like because that's... of the gradual increase of scale that the entries of the film have And I feel made. like that's if you... If... I don't think it's fair. I don't think I it's fair, say... but like... But that's the perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't help perception is reality, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That's, that's what we, uh, we, we say, perception is reality. But it's unfair because timeline-wise, it happens before, um, you know... Or concurrently. Or, 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 concurrently. Yeah, we don't even... Yeah. It happens before the end of Infinity War, yeah, right? Yeah. So theoretically, you know, they have no idea what's going on, these people. Um, and I like that. Uh, because it's, you know, I feel like the world, the, the, it shows that there's a world outside of the Avengers. It shows that there are other things going on. And I don't think the movie should be penalized because of that. I, I penalized, I think, is a, is a, is a strong word. Like, but, how well, is that, it, that like, review, I mean, look that, at its Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's up there. It's up there. I mean, but, but, or something but I, like that. I just mean in, in that review particularly. That review, yeah. But everyone's going to have their opinion. Like, yeah. if but somebody even in the MCU, the... like, 88 is average for most of the MCU films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lowest one is, what, Iron Man 2? That's With, the like, lowest an 81, That's I think. the lowest? I would have thought Dark World. No, Dark World Dark actually World is like an eighty-eight. It's like an eighty-nine. Oh, wow. I, but I think you also have to compare it in the era that it was made. Yeah, true, true, true. Like, um, and I and I say Dark World, while it has its problems, is not as bad as I think everybody else paints it out to be. Well, at, yeah, with, no. through through the lens of well, one of the movies has to be bad. I, Let's just pin it on Dark yeah, World. I, I, I actually, Iron Man Two on Rotten Tomatoes is a seventy-three. It's the lowest MCU film. See, and I so thought, and I, I'll the be lowest honest, MCU film is a C on the grading scale. I, I'll be honest. I actually liked Iron Man two way better than I like three. I like three a lot yeah, more. There are people who, me. yeah, there are people who could choose either. Iron Man two, I have heavy issues with, but yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, like, I, it's it's an interesting it's interesting how people have cherry-picked aspects of Ant-Man to either dislike the MCU or to love the direction it's going in. Yeah. The palate cleanser, I didn't really think about too much. The scale thing, again, I didn't really think about it too much. I was just like, this is just another story This is in just that another universe. story. Yeah, we yeah. just have to get used to that. Like, at that point, you should be angry at Guardians for just completely detaching itself from the story. Like, Guardians, yeah, yeah. Guardians 2 had... Almost nothing to do with the greater MCU story. Well, oh, Guardians 2. Yeah, yeah, Guardians yeah. Guardians yeah. 2. 
you should be mad at that movie. But that's for why the a lot of people. Uh, there are people who don't like Guardians but too. That's what I mean. That's but is it? Those movies are going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to. We can't. It, if we're not jumping, every movie, can if we're be, jumping from crisis see, event to see, crisis for, event, for, I'm for, out. For yeah. me, for me, I have the ability just from being it, and maybe you can chime in on this, uh, props. But I have the ability to be okay having a slight quotations here slice of life movie of of this is a story yeah, in the yeah, life yeah, of a yeah, superhero yeah. because i do that all the time right so i'll read a current comic book but i'll go back and read a trade from eight years ago and still enjoy even though i know where the character is now i'll still enjoy that old story because it was a good story as long as it's a good story or a good movie i'm gonna watch it you could write Hell, if you wanted to do Ant-Man prequels and somehow, I mean, uh, Michael Douglas has said he w- he would love to do it with the with the uh, de-aging de-aging effect in this movie was yeah. nuts. Oh my god, it was so good. They killed it. Um, but he said with the technology, he would love to do Ant-Man prequels. I would totally be up for watching them. Yeah, like him during the Cold War or something. No, no? I'm sorry, I'm out on prequels. What? It, same problem I have with all prequels. Is Ant-Man gonna die? No. <laughs> By definition, no. See, like, but it's, for me, that'd impossible. be like going back and just reading a trade. I already know where the cut superhero went. Uh, there's a different investment for me in a trade than there is in a movie. Like I, it, in a trade, I'm reading, and I, I can, I can take that. In a movie, if you're, if you're, if your scene is building dramatic tension on the fact that Ant Man might die, and I, I know that is impossible. I'm watching it. It's trying to play out. I just completely detach from it. I, okay. For me, like that's but see, I just can't I, do prequels. I, that's that's different for me. Like I yeah, could, that's, I would totally that love seems to see more it. like a consumption of the medium more yeah, than yeah. it is the actual content itself. Mm-hmm. No, for me, it's it, it's correct. TV versus it's like the difference books. between TV and and reading. But I can yeah. I can reread a book despite me having read it before, and I can rewatch a movie. But in sure. in the moment in the movie, if I'm if I'm even attempting to get, it's probably into what's because happening, in reading you're creating. You're creating the visual perspective yourself. Yeah. I, to I, I, if if your intention is, is to kind of spoon feeding it to you. If if your intention is to do a prequel, start with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it's called your first movie. Correct. <laughs> um, it, don't don't move backwards unless it's relevant to the plot you're trying to move forward. But but I, I'm just saying I'd be up for it. Yeah. Right. It, it, some people would be. That's cool. The. If they ever did those, would I watch them? Probably. Would I go enjoy them? I would sure shoot and try. But the same problem I have with like the solo movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear I you. don't. Unless There's it's no answering space. questions that I have, and I don't have, I don't really have any questions that I've been an- wanting to answer about his time in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the only other question I have is, where are the other superheroes? And the yeah, other yeah, thing yeah. is, that might come off as a, as a solo film, is I, I don't really have questions. True. About true. him in the eighties. So why do I have the film? Right. In the first place. If they can come up with question if they can come up with things that need to be answered that that movie can answer, I'm all for it. But we already know Shield at that point was taken over by Hydra, basically. Yeah. We don't. I don't. So I don't. I, telling me a story about Hydra being in charge of Shield at that point in a in a movie medium just doesn't seem. In the worth TV it to show me. medium, I think it's interesting. Right. If you want yeah. to do Ant Man TV show with Michael Douglas as a young dude, go for it. <laughs> if only he would say yes to it. <laughs> right? I just, you just never get know. a younger actor and say, "This is Michael Douglas." 
<laughs> in the 80s. CG, uh, CGify yeah. plaster his face over it. But I think we're digressing onto a different subject. The the movie as a palate cleanser, as a as a movement medium between 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 Avengers, essentially. Between Avengers, right. It's yeah. the some they've said that they made these to be important to the Avengers. They said we could have designed them just to be place filler, but they didn't want them to be that. They wanted them to be relevant. So something that happened in this movie is relevant to what is going to happen in Avengers 4. And it, if whatever it is... Trying to figure out what it is. Is, is, is not obvious at all. Um, there's a couple of there's a couple there's of fan a couple theories things, that I think that are things, pretty it, close. We'll, we'll get things, to that. There's but a couple things. Could, I want to I want to start with that when we get to our spoiler conversation. Spoiler spoiler conversation later. Yeah, yeah. We'll save that for later. Um, so. Now now one thing I would like to ask is uh, n- spoilers aside, uh, do you think this keeps because I you know one of these things that it has to do uh, in, in and I think Captain Marvel has to do this as well is keep the excitement level going. Uh, you know, oh. for for the next Avengers movie, I do think, you think this keeps you your 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 appetite? You know, is I think, for another. You know, <laughs> let me put it this way: I think Ant Man gets me excited for superhero films to still be successful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think Ant Man will always fail. At being the follow-up to Avengers. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do feel bad that that's kind of how it's being framed. I, uh-huh. I, even, I don't think I even, there's I even any feel like the, I even feel like the marketing was a little off. That's what I'm saying. That. I don't think there is any scenario where Ant-Man succeeds if it is always after Avengers. It's it, it, it's unfair to put it, it in is that unfair. position. unfair. But my, my my as itself, it's it can, there in the MCU. Well, it, is a, it is a great movie, and I understand because they have two choices, right? They have two choices. They could either do Ant Man first, and it it's people are going to make this distinction about it, or they're going to do Captain Marvel first. And the concern about doing Captain Marvel first is that the perception of the comic book and MCU community is. The, the the solution to the next Avengers film is in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only other movie I'm going to get where a solution can be presented as as being directly relevant and, to the MCU. And, and Not that Ant-Man can't have that, but Ant-Man is going to be very... They're going to hide the shell. They're going to play the shell game. Well, to, and think about it, it this way, too. You have a, a superhero who has not seen the main screen yet when we talk about Captain Marvel... You have, has not seen the main screen yet, has yeah. not seen the big screen, uh, and you are going to show this movie, and then after it, like, shortly thereafter, have the next Avengers Have movie. the next Avengers Well, movie. if, if, you if we've do noticed it, their equation, you, they, Spider-Man showed up in Civil War. Yep. Spider-Man had his own movie afterwards. Mm-hmm. Then we had... Black Panther, it? same thing. Black Panther. Well, kind of... Black Panther pretty much immediately, closely immediately followed the movie he was in yeah like they so they this introduce is the a reverse this right? is the influx well they they typically will introduce a character around when the movie that they're supposed like either right before or right after the movie that they're relevant in to go from avengers to captain marvel and like i believe your point was then to ant-man then back to where captain marvel's relevant yeah, it just the, wouldn't work. It's yeah. leapfrogging, and there yeah. was no point to do that. Yeah. Whereas Ant Man happening concurrently with Avengers three, and you already have 
some type of history with the character. Yeah. Um, so you have more flexibility on where to place them. And without going to spoiler territory, making the the end credits relevant to the other movies ties that in. I don't think that would be as dramatic without Yeah. It would feel more of a it would feel like more of a reminder. Correct. Whereas this it one, would be an event. Uh, uh-huh. Correct. Right, right. The, yeah. This I felt was more relevant now than if we had waited on it. Exactly. Agreed. I do. I, I completely agree. Agree. Um, real quick before we get into our, our spoiler discussion, I want to ask about um, the perception of the Wasp in this film. Okay. If you uh, weren't going to go into it, I was. The fact that this movie should have been called The Wasp and The Ant-Man. Wasp and Ant-Man. Now, here's my question. <laughs> Is... If we if, let's use our let's use our statement from our uh, fucktard with powers scenario, <laughs> right? Is the movie? Uh, yes, it is Ant Man and Wasp, and Ant Man's and the way we we get Ant Man in this film, it comes off very secondhand, right? It is it's secondary to the Wasp as a character. Is that okay for the narrative that it's in? I love that this movie reinforces that she was right in the first movie. She should have been the one in the suit. Yes. And if she had, things arguably would have gone a lot better. Would have gone better. Like, she kicks way more ass than Ant-Man does. I think she kicks more ass in, like, her first fight scene than Ant-Man does in his entire movie. Ant-Man was the MacGuffin of this movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was actually. You're right. That's so I didn't true. Think about that. Ant Man is the MacGuffin in this movie. Is, yeah, uh, he is the viewer and the MacGuffin. Superhero movies I, always have a MacGuffin, and it the, seems the to way be the I case phrased now. this to a coworker was: <laughs> Wasp is like the other four planeteers combined, <laughs> and all Scott Lang has is heart. <laughs> yeah, funny. yeah, which comes a- up maybe once a season. <laughs> on Captain Planet, right? That's so funny. Like, right? shut up, Mati. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the monkey, which was arguably more effective than his ring. <laughs> and Ant Man has his wa. It has his little ant buddies. So that's. But I uh, watching that movie. I was just like, Ant Man's really like it should have been the Wasp and Ant Man. She kicks way more ass and is way better at this than him. And that's. But all he all he brings to the table is. Hart and uh, Louise. I keep telling people <laughs> uh, like Ant-Man is one of the luckiest <laughs> heroes in the MCU. Yes. Oh, yeah. He is incredibly lucky. Um, I would say, uh, yeah. If he's this just, was an RPG, his luck stat would be through the roof. He's just, he's really just a dude. Yeah, he's, he's a just, very intelligent. He's a very, he's very, he's very well, got, what, I had that out with somebody at work. He was like, he, he was the whistleblower. Yeah, and he was an engineer, so he's, he's definitely like a, a computer smart guy. programmer and an engineer. Like he's he's smart, and I, he's I had this fit out with somebody for at being work. in jail. They don't like they don't go yeah. into it very much, and I feel kind of bad that they they really don't highlight how smart he is. And I think they attempt to during the movie at times to like, kind of remind like, you that he's not dumb. But are we going into spoilers? Not yet. Not yet, not yet no. Okay. So spoiler free. Like even in the first movie, they try like you see him tinkering with the suit. Yeah. yeah. Like. Theoretically, and there's then, a difference between being comedic relief, yeah, and being dumb. Well, he even relief. he even talks about 
the business that he has in this in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they make it so like he's obviously like, he's he would the, have to have some sort of intelligence to run it. Well, right. well, yeah. So he's Luis goes to him system. multiple times. Yeah. And he's like, "Who's the security expert here?" Well, well, you are. Okay. And I say this is the way we're doing it. Yeah. So there's clearly some intelligence there. Um. So I want to. Go ahead. I've talked to people, and they they that doesn't co- that isn't coming across to them. Like yeah. I had to remind people at work when they were just like, "Yeah, but Ant Man's really just like not very smart." And I was like, "No, Scott Lang is really smart. Like we see him tinkering with the suit." Well, even we in the first movie, we see, him bust, we see him bust into the safe using science. Right? He's not—he's not a dumb guy. He's just a—he's a smart guy that made a maybe not the most appropriate decision. He's—he's he's like suffering because of it. Yeah, he's got a kind of like. Well, we just talked like, about luck, right? Like a—I always saw him as like a Robin Hood kind of in complex. the kind of yeah. in the grand scheme of his life, he's got pretty bad luck, but in situational. Experience. Ant-Man situational he's got, circumstance. He's got a he's lot got of a good lot. luck. He's got a lot of luck. <laughs> he's got a lot of hope on his side. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so thank you. Uh, before I'm we, here all night. Before we get into it, uh, re- oh, go ahead. So, so real quick, just a uh, comic book trivia. Apparently, because I I looked this up, uh, and I'm trying to, they, I uh, they have hope is in the movie, right? Hope Van Dyne, right? Hope Pym, if you will. Um, and I tried to. I was looking up uh, the character in, in the Marvel wiki. Oh, the I, MC2 universe? Yeah, well, where she appeared? She, no, she actually, technically, the uh, Hank Pym has a daughter in the yeah. current universe. Her name is Nadia. And apparently, in another language, Nadia means hope. Huh, okay. Because okay. I know Hope Van Dyne's first appearance was in the MC2 universe. Yep, yes. And the Avengers next. Yep, and she was a villain. And she was a villain, yeah. along with her brother, who was, you know, like giant man. Mm-hmm. But apparently, in in the in the comic books, uh, Nadia Pym, she is the daughter of Hank Pym. Uh, she's the stepdaughter of uh, Janet Van Dyne. Uh, yeah, apparently, her name means hope. I, I forget what language it was, but that's what it says on the on the wiki. I just when to put was that she out introduced? There. She's introduced a few years ago, I think. She was raised in the Red Room, which is the same place that. Uh, Black Widow, oh, Black, Black Widow. Black Widow was in. They were training her to be an assassin, and then they found out she was super smart. They realized who her dad was, figured maybe it's genetic, and then were like, science! Learn science! <laughs> Learn science! Um, she was actually trained uh, to fight by the Winter Soldier. Uh, to go into the comic books, what, I f- what I'm happy about in the movies now going into Avengers 4 is we have the potential to finally see what the actual core original Avengers was. Yeah. The original, and I, 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 so many times I had to tell people when the Avengers were coming out, I was like, the original Avengers were Wasp, Giant Man, or Ant-Man, Hulk, Iron Man and Thor. Captain America didn't show up for several issues. Yep. And Hawkeye started off as a villain, and so did Black Widow. Yep. They eventually joined the Avengers after years of being not superheroes. Yeah. The core Avengers we're seeing in the movies are not the core Avengers from the comic books. And a lot of people, like a lot of people, even comic book fans, um, have forgotten. To borrow a a term, uh, conflate. Captain America with with the original Avengers team. Oh, absolutely! It is it is not. Nope. Part of that is the, the prominence of the character, especially he's, recently. He's he's very mean, visually defined as being part of the Avengers. Hawkeye and and Black Widow. If you look at an Avengers poster, it's 
a 25% chance that they'll be they'll even be on it. Yeah. But if you look in Avengers poster, there's probably like a 90 to 95% chance Captain America is going to be there. Yeah, I mean he has a big A on his head which means America, but hey, yeah, people Avengers. associate it with Avengers. Yeah. Yep. Uh before we get into our spoiler section, remember uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash. Oh yeah, if you're gonna stop Sanctuary listening One now, radio. If you're gonna say, just in case you're gonna stop listening now, uh, you can follow us Sanctuary One Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and you can uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sanctuary One Radio. You can get uh, a bunch of these episodes early, uh, email uh, uh, exclusive access to our emailing list, uh, and ask us some questions, uh, yeah, give us some things. feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Listen to our planning sessions. Oh, those are fun. <laughs> Fun's a word. Those are a lot of fun. <laughs> Fun's the word. Um, but I we the are, bird is the word. We are, <laughs> we are officially starting the spoiler-filled portion of the show. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. So, last chance to spoilers. back out now. Spoilers. <laughs> um, so I want to break this down into three three aspects. Actually, before you do, I just want to say one thing. Go ahead. Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba Yaga. Uh, Probably br- one of the funnier parts of the movie. I want to break this down into um, <laughs> our heroes, our plot, and our end game. Those are the three things I want to focus on in here because the movie is pretty clean in its delivery of content. Uh, it is boom, boom, boom. Like the movie moves really well. It's paced really well. There isn't a lot of downtime that I don't appreciate because it's either filled with humor or it's filled with something relevant. Um, the few flashback scenes in the exposition are done pretty effectively. Pretty, pretty effectively. <laughs> I, I think. Lewis with long hair was... <laughs> Lewis, yeah, yes. We'll get into that, but yeah, really good stuff. Uh, the, the, the antagonistic flashbacks like the, the antagonist were interesting. were interesting I think they were a little bit heavy handed but I think that was coming across because of the it was a, it was dialogue yeah like the it was I think it was very heavy heavy for the character and yeah. that, that's what I think he was asked to portray and I think he did it pretty well yeah I could have dealt with a little bit less of that me wise but but overall you're right it's it's very paced very well it's the, very yeah. the, the story's all really good so let's start with uh, our heroes. Let's start with Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, for those of you uh, who need a little bit of a reminder, because of Ant-Man's involvement in Captain America Civil War, and of course being arrested and sent to the raft, he has been placed on house arrest uh, that he is reaching the end of. He's reaching it was a two-year house two arrest. Two-year house arrest. So if you're looking for context, and there's then your context. Then he's in three years of probation. Yes. So he's on two years of house arrest, and then he has three years of probation. Where if he violates again, he's done. He's right done. He's, he's right back in right back in jail. The uh, he has a he has a new company. So in terms of the timeline, oh, okay. yeah, true. That that's where it is. Two years, nearing two years after the events of Civil War. Uh, Ant Man is is approaching the end of of his house arrest stint. Mm-hmm. Um. Trying he, to he, think that I do love the mention of the Sokovia Accords. Yes, Sokovia, yeah, that, because they, hey, you broke the Sokovia. Reminder: Well, you did, and then they mentioned merely because the technology he used was developed by Home Hope and Hank. They that's are why also they are fugitives as well. Yep. So regardless that they had nothing to do with his decision to go to Germany, they are also on the run from the government because Correct. he used their technology and be- and there's a clause in the Sokovia Accords that says if your technology is used apparently Correct. you're just as culpable. Yep. 
Very interesting. Uh, I don't think that'll come and, up And they go on to mention that... Again, I'm that wondering they, if that's the clause against Iron Man. Oh, probably, yeah. Well, it was, but there were only... It was him and... and Rhodey. And Rhodey, but, but Rhodey I mean, was like, on the side if of... Someone what else? if Iron Man decided to circumvent the Sokovia Accords by giving his suit to somebody else? Oh, okay. With the Sokovia like, Accords still technically being in effect in the future, if he then, like, how does that impact Spider-Man? Right. You know, like, yeah, so Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure, hasn't signed the Sokovia Accords. Maybe Tony. Oh, maybe signed, that's it then. Maybe Tony signed on his behalf, or maybe he's taking. But think about it. He was on Tony's side. Yeah. I guess they don't know that he gave Tony that Tony gave him a suit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, it's he, unknown and he to the government. Never disclosed. It doesn't it. look like an Iron Man suit, so that could be the explanation. But that's a really good question. Yeah, that's like actually, they, that, that, that creates that a lot of a little bit of ambiguity. If the idea of Hank Pym's technology makes Hank Pym culpable. How does that not impact Tony when it comes to Spider-Man or anybody else he decides to use? Regardless or, or, of what or, side or, or they're even, on. Or even the Vision. I guess well, because yeah. he's not a fugitive. Yeah, I yeah, maybe, maybe it doesn't make... Yeah. Spider-Man wasn't a fugitive, so that doesn't necessarily matter. But that, that's, I, I'd have to see how it's written. That's a very interesting dynamic, I, like how technology... I'm wondering if they actually hands. have the Slokovia Accords written, like they got like a lawyer to go through and write all the, I would write love all the clauses. I would, love. I would love to see that published. Because I would actually I would read it. Oh, yeah, I think we all would. We'd be like, okay, what's this like? So I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna send an email to somebody to see if we can get a copy of the Scooby Any, Accords. Anybody that's we'll do a special episode this. where we go oh through the Scooby Accords. Oh my god, Accords. I would I would totally that'd be, be hilarious. <laughs> it's like it's like a paragraph six book. subsection three. Seriously, I would I, I would I would article absolutely a, go through Twitter we'll get at one of everyone. Our, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we could do. See if we can get one of our lawyer. Friends. Like like I'm actually legitimately curious about like Wakanda. Like Wakanda has a like Wakanda apparently was a was a signatory of of the Sokovia Accords like they were one of the prominent members of it so they would have had to disclose they would have had to disclose Black Panther and apparently they didn't because nobody at the UN had any idea that he was Black Panther and they the shield guy even or the not the shield guy they didn't know um the CIA even mentions like uh, like I kept it under wraps that you run around in black underwear yeah I don't think they could do that if there was the Sokovia Accords so they probably circumvented it they probably but I I don't know how if they're a signatory yeah like that to me, like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with the Sokovia well, Accords yeah, that I'm really they, curious about. Yeah, and I would how, love to I would be love it, to is it, is it a UN? Is it a UN like council, or is it have to do with the heads of state? I was like, say, how much so, of it is a? I know we're getting on a rabbit trail, but yeah, yeah. how much of it is a legal form and how much of it is a guideline? Yeah, like could yeah. it could be it could be that if you're stationed in Wakanda, I mean they're arresting the, people, so I have to imagine this, there's if, some if, type if of law. If you're to if it. you're stationed in Wakanda, you and you know, you're employed by the head of Wakanda, you can operate in Wakanda. But if you go over the border, you need to get permission from their heads of state. Which he did. Which he did. They were he in Korea. Off. They uh, were in Seoul, South Korea. Yeah, when they were but, in the casino so, scene. But we don't know if he got the okay to do that, being that he's King Jachal. But regardless, we we don't know if that's even publicized. People yeah, were yeah. taking videos yeah. did, of did it. He have to tell South, did he have to tell Korea, hey, uh, I'm a superhero, I'm going to be in your country. Or, or I'm coming over there. Well, I a wonder super, if that's the a, next a, a, film. An agent, an agent of my, an agent of my team for the Sokovia Accords is going to be in your, in in your. Uh, well, I think part area. of I I'd be interested to see if part of the next film for Black Panther before we get back into Ant Man, is, <laughs> is is about that right? Is is about how much Wakanda wanted to come out as a country to the world on their own. 
and how much Black Panther's presence in other areas around the world forced, forced that it. to happen. Yeah, yeah. which question. I think is a very interesting dynamic mm-hmm. and creates a lot of tension within their own country of hey, we had our privacy. We could we could we could have lived the way we had before, but now our world is changing and we have no choice but to change with it. I thought maybe a sp- Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Um but so okay, uh Ant-Man the Wasp are heroes here. We've clearly stated that the movie's a little more Wasp than Ant-Man. Uh, Hope Van Dyne is sporting a new hairdo. She's sporting a, uh, the the Wasp suit uh, that she's got with blasters. So, so you gave her to show wings and blasters? So you didn't have that when I was suiting yeah. up? And it was like, no, I had those. No, I had those. <laughs> but this this plot centers around Hope and Hank officially pulling the trigger on the idea of going back and getting... Hope's mother, getting Hank's wife, Janet Van Dyne. Due to due to Scott's due to uh, Scott's kind of accidental quantum and <laughs> quantum mental entanglement. Yeah, yes. like weird um, circumstance. So so you know how we said that theoretically, theoretically Hope would have done a better job in the first movie. Correct. While true, if that had happened, there's a things happen for a reason. Yeah, like, if true, if that had happened, she would never have probably gone into the quantum realm. Yeah. And we would never, we wouldn't have a reason to have an Ant Man and the Wasp movie. <laughs> You're, yeah, minus the Ant Man part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so I want to focus on the dynamic of these two, primarily because I'm gonna go out on a limb. In my opinion, romance in superhero films, this is how it's done. How it should be done. How it should be done. Where it, Between it, Hope and and Scott, it mm-hmm. is not heavy handed. I was like, it very it seems very forced. incidental. To it's the plot. kind of yeah. it's there, right? There's tension, but it's not. It's, it's not intentional tension, and it's not romantic for, tension. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You screwed up. I'd be mad at you whether we were, you know, romantically involved or not. If you were, if we were just friends, I'd be pissed at you. They didn't even acknowledge the romantic involvement for like, at least. A there was, there was of the, the, way into the, the movie. furtive glances, yeah, and like him looking at her for prolonged periods, and and, and, uh, pi- and her kind of looking at him, and Hank calling him out on and it. This is like, look, yeah, can yeah, you please yeah. stop staring at my daughter. <laughs> like, but that was like a to me that was a. There's still something there. Yeah, there's right. Still something there. There we, aren't. We like, can feel it, but we're we have the benefit of looking from the outside in. And, and yeah. some of the most beautiful moments about their romance in the film came from Cassie's perspective on their relationship mm-hmm. when he just goes maybe maybe it's time maybe you just need someone to watch your back and I like how at first like, she's like I was thinking I me. was thinking me <laughs> but I <laughs> guess you can I guess she's great too right I love the part in the car and it's like well he he, he you know he thinks it's you yeah and it's, but it's I I love that I I really feel like the characters don't realize they're doing what they were doing. Correct. Like they didn't realize they were staring at each other for long periods of time. Yeah. They didn't realize that they were kind of flirting until the third party viewer, Michael Doug, like we see it. <laughs> and then Michael yeah. Douglas is just like, Seize okay, it. you guys, are you guys going to stop that? And we can get I back like, to work. I like yeah. in that point, he called them both out on it. Yeah. Right? Like and there's, there's, there's a seeming acknowledgement to it, but I really enjoyed that aspect of it because there are yeah. a lot of films that shoehorn the relationship in there for whatever reason and I think this does an amazing job 
of it just kind of be it it's in there it's in the plot it's organic. but it's very it's, yeah. it's very organic yeah absolutely it's, it's the, the moment free when, organic uh, I think I think the first time they kiss is right after she saves him from the right bay, after she right? saves yeah, him from yeah. the bay. Yeah, but it was like she legitimately thought he might die. That's like the end yeah. of the film. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And that's the first time we actually see a romantic connection connection between them. Yeah, like not they, like a like them touching or holding hands or having an emotional moment or anything like, like that. Is the first major emotional moment they've had. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the, well, film. besides uh, Scott Lang pretend uh, Scott Lang. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Scott Paul Lang. Rudd acting as Michelle Pfeiffer possessing Scott Lang <laughs> while talking to his his her his her daughter and husband Jelly yeah, Bean. Yeah. The the hand holding moment. Hand holding. I, that so, was there, so for and, those and of you he, wondering, and then he comes back and he's so like, for, "Why are we holding?" So in? for those of you wondering, uh, and and this gets us a chance to get into the plot a little bit. Um, Ant Man is uh, the MacGuffin. Let's start with let's start with the B plot of Janet Van Dyne before we get into Ghost. Uh, the B plot of Janet Van Dyne is that she is trapped in the quantum realm, based on the events uh, that Hank um, uh, 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 recurred to uh, Scott in the first film. During the Cold War, they went to go stop a missile in Russia. Janet went subatomic. Went, yeah, subatomic. Couldn't get out. She's been down there doing whatever the fuck she's doing for however however time passes in that area. What does she eat? I said <laughs> Yeah. So the reveal is that she's kind of been surviving down there. We don't know how. We we just know that she felt the need to weaponize herself. What what uh, I I don't I, I get I, that I, you don't get it. What evidence do they have like they they know Scott traveled down there. They know that Scott had a perception of time elapsing. Yes. So he could interact. He could move. That meant his bodily function. His body was still was still eating, yes consuming energy to do the functions that it was doing. When he was down there, that means that she would have been down there at in basically a kaleidoscope, like in like out of a kaleidoscope. For thirty years, for 20, 20 well, well, some odd years. So here's the th- well, wait, like, why he, did they think that she would even be alive anymore? He was, he was in the. She could have been. He could have been quantum but entangled he wasn't, with her corpse. He wasn't where she was. No, he was in the void that they yeah. had to get. Past. But they don't. They didn't know that until she told them that she was past that. Well, void. he also said he couldn't remember a lot of what happened in the quantum. But that. Does, but like, why would they think there'd be food there? Uh, it, it could be like just, what there is no evidence that she's still alive. Could, I think they were going like I to me, they sort of thought they were going back for a corpse. Well, uh, potentially, that, but or, I think their thought process was Scott went the furthest that Hank knew further than Hank knew they could go. So what could be further? So but you Scott know? came back and yeah. that was the distinction. Hey, if he can come back then there's nothing preventing me from going. His fear was I could go, but I couldn't save her. So I can't come back. But Scott has found a way to come back. So now I can build the structure that allows us to go there and come back. So I don't know if there was a, a, a I don't know if they knew whether or not she was alive, but I think they now I, knew they had the ability to go and, I wish, and see and for themselves. I wish they had addressed that. Like yeah. at no point do they. I get it. They probably didn't want to bum the viewer out, but at no point do they say, "Hey, how is she even still alive?" 
Like I took that in their reaction, the tearful reaction of Scott telling them, I saw this, I saw this thing that, that Janet is feeding him these memories and their reaction to that is, Oh shit. She's not just down there. There's a chance she's alive down there because what other reason would he have for these? So that's how I, it's one of those unspoken things. So you're right. There probably should have been a little more clarity in that scenario or a little bit of exposition to establish where they are thought process wise in building this machine and doing all of this. If if they said, look, I don't, you know, we just want to find her. We just want to know what happened to her. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not she's alive or what, like, you know, it'd be great if she was alive, but we just want to, it's kind of like, I don't even care if I ever get it back. I just want to know where it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the attitude I felt like they should have been going into it, but it still felt very much like it was a rescue mission from the very get-go. Yeah. Like, if they had said, if she's she's feeding you memories, this is a rescue mission now. I just want that one line. Yeah. yeah where yeah. somebody acknowledges that previously, as far as they were concerned, they should have been looking for a corpse. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, and I know that's very dark. I know that's dark in a very lighthearted movie. But not like that. That's I don't know if reality. it would have been that dark, though. I, that's, I don't know that's if it would have been that dark. I mean, a there, there's, way, that I there's ways you could have done it. There's ways you could have done it. Yeah, and I think that line that, in and yeah. of itself, this is a rescue mission now. Yeah, like, that would have been perfect. Done. Perfect. Like, I just, um, want, I just I wanted something like that, and that didn't happen. Uh, so, so Janet's B plot uh, leads to this interesting dynamic between hope and her father that i want to highlight before we get into the a plot of ghost and and everything else uh in that uh the first film was all about this weird tension between janet and hank yeah uh and now they are wor- they have this common you mean goal. hope and hank thank you hope and hank okay just make uh sure. they now have this common goal of of janet my question to you is do you miss do uh, not do you miss that tension but that tension i really loved of them being two very different people i the they took the they took that tension and well like you can still see that there's a little bit of yeah tension there but the they flipped it to now it's they kind of pointed it at scott right yeah the tension is now between them and scott and the first movie scott is like an unwitten like an a very lucky individual that gets either good or bad thrown into this situation. Yeah. And he's watching the tension play out between those two characters. But then because of what he did, the tension between them is alleviated to a degree. Yeah. It's then it's, in the second movie he did, then he did, he, he messed up. And then now the tension is between them and him. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, Hank saw somebody that he could be a pro to, like a mentor to again, let him down. And then you have hope who was actually starting to feel romantically about him was also let down. Yeah. yeah. And that that's the tension we're watching now. And I and think I that think, came across very and well. And I think some of it, some of the tension between uh, Hope and Scott is less of romantic issues and more of the, just the plain fact that he didn't ask her for help. Like yeah, she even says it in the movie on, like, where she's like, if you had asked me, you never would have gotten caught. Well, like, why, why do you have to do it alone? Or whatever, and it's like, you didn't even ask. Because if I had, would you have come? And it was like, well, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll, we'll never, never know, know. But, but I can tell I you, would have. You wouldn't no. have gotten caught. You wouldn't have gotten caught. Yeah, and it was that 
And it was that it's that same tension. If you look at it, that issue is the same thing that she had with her father, right? Where she thought that her father, not that this was true, but she thought that her father maybe thought that she couldn't accomplish what they were setting out to do. In the first movie, in the <laughs> microphone issues there. In the first movie, there was the, one of the main points of contention is she believes her father is leaving her out of the loop on certain things because he doesn't feel she can do it. We find out that's not true. Scott is expendable, and that's why he's, he's Well, for both him. of them, they're both protecting somebody that doesn't want to be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're, they're both playing the protective male role, and she doesn't want or need it. Or need it, yeah. She, we, we find that out throughout the whole movie. She does right. not need the, that at all. In the first movie, it was her father trying to protect her from being... From, from Cross, yeah. From Cross. And then in the second movie, we find out that he, um, Scott was trying to protect her from These, the legal ramifications of what happened of in the Germany. Sokovia, yeah. And she doesn't want or need their help yeah, and, mm-hmm. or protection. And you're right. This movie really underscores because, again, she kicks way more ass than I'm guessing either of them did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to. So let's talk about Ghost. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Baba Yaga. This, bu- Baba Yaga. Uh, support characters, by the way, phenomenal in this film again. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you then, put you put the dime in the jukebox. You got to let it ride. <laughs> Ti, fantastic. Uh, is it? Oh my God! Is that a truth serum? Is that a tr- the whole truth serum bit? Is <laughs> truth serums are, are, is fixed, are so bits. out of le- their crew? Everything they do is like so out of left field. But it humor works. wise, but it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> everything they do, and you get like, to you get to know them a little bit more. Yeah, uh, especially Lewis, which I mean. I could always t- Lewis telling a story. And Mike, like, Michael Pena is such a good he's, actor. He's so good, I love, and I'm so I glad that he's actually vehicle. doing well now. And his his heart. I love the vehicle of the truth serum. Yeah, to do that, and he goes all the way back to the beginning, and Birch stops him and goes, "Wait, but no, 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 I don't mean." What does he say? I don't mean uh, where is Ant Man figuratively, like right? I mean life. literally. <laughs> I, mean I mean literally. Where is he? <laughs> and I love the other the other characters. Is like no, no, no. You put the dime in the jukebox. You gotta, you gotta let it ride. You gotta, you gotta listen to the song. Like you're stuck. You got no choice. And then he starts going into this. And then he starts going into the jukebox. Like yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The song on the jukebox. It's so good. Uh, and only have Morrissey songs. <laughs> yeah, just really good stuff. Uh, I want so let's talk about Ghost for a minute. Yeah, uh, I I liked this person uh, because they weren't. It wasn't like I'm evil because I'm evil, and it wasn't even really evil. They're just I'm doing this thing because it's necessary. So this is kind of what I. So uh, I I want to preface the question. I'll let you guys get into like your perspectives on it, but I definitely want to get an answer for it. And that is, the trailers for this film present Ghost as kind of the villain of the film. Yeah. That is relatively the case, but it's not completely true. Exactly. My question for you guys, uh, and again, get into your thoughts and then and then give an answer to it, is we have applauded villains with a, with a little bit of ambiguity, right? We've yeah. applauded anti-heroes or whatever the case may be with ambiguity so that we could live with where they are. Like our Lokis exactly. and whatnot. 
is this the case of too much ambiguity or too trying to present the villain in too positive of a light to lose a little bit of that connection? I want to get your thoughts on Ghost and think about that. But is is it is it too much of trying to position a villain in a in a positive way? See, I think that's why they had the secondary villain who really wasn't like a super villain, but I think that's why I had, they had the secondary one. So at the beginning, you kind of don't get the whole kind of more positive spin on Ghost, right? You, you kind of get... You get the villainous look on the, Ghost. The, exactly. And then by the time you get that information, you've still got someone else who is technically an antagonist there to... I think to we're, we're evolving on. into a point where you don't need a villain... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this movie really doesn't have a villain. Instead it has of... it has like a pseudo anti-hero and ghost. Mm-hmm. And you have a butthole <laughs> uh, of a mob boss, but the the antagonism the antagonism or the the driving motivation against the character is the situation that they're in. And all that comes together, right? All that comes together, but it's it's like saying like it's it's like the iceberg and the Titanic. The iceberg isn't an antagonist. It's just it's just something that's happening. Yeah. In this movie, I don't really think there's like a primary antagonist or a supervillain. So, and we're moving towards I I'm kind of hoping where we're moving towards uh out of the equation that there has to be a supervillain in a superhero movie. Yeah. That and that's that doesn't make any sense if we're moving out of the realm of superhero movies and into the genre into the movies into genre movies. Yeah. Like yeah. Apo- yeah, X Men Apocalypse. Like that movie is hampered by the fact that they're like this has to have a superhero, su- it has to have a supervillain in it instead of just saying it's just a disaster movie with mutants in it. Yeah, but it was it was a disaster movie with mutants in it. But they just spent so much time on a supervillain that I just didn't care. Yeah, the this movie, she she's probably the Ghost is probably the most relatable antagonistic element in a movie so far. From us, yeah. So like, Killmonger is the next closest, but Killmonger, like I said, for me personally, I can't relate to the racial things that he's referencing. Uh-huh. I can relate to a kid in an accident that loses their parents and then is forced to become a killer. Yeah. Like I can understand personally that would suck. I get the racial stuff, but I will never understand what it's like to be black. I can't. I can't even conceptualize that. Yeah. Personally, I can kind of conceptualize what it would be like to lose my parents and then be forced to kill someone. Yeah. And I can relate to that a little bit easier than I can to Killmonger. So I think I thought that was a very interesting element. Even like I'll never be a king. I can't really relate to to the feelings that Loki has. I think a lot of us can relate to feeling overshadowed by a sibling at times. Yeah. But this one, I think, is the most relatable core of what, how they became what they were going to be. Yeah, yeah. you have a uh, yeah. Uh, so real quick, if you if you compare the two movies, if you have the iceberg, we have the rescue in this movie. Uh, does that mean that the Billy Zane of this movie would be that dickhead mob boss? Correct. <laughs> so so let me put it this way: um, uh, it is intentional for me not to like Birch. Yes, yes, as a character, correct. We are given we are given no. Redeeming there's no qualities. exposition. Yeah. There's no 
there's he, he's charming, I guess, and it's kind of uh, a kind of way. It's, but it's it's more like dickish charming, smarmy, smarmy. Yes. But there's so there's, so let me put it this way. I I I love the actor. I severely dislike any anything that has to do with that portion of the film mercenaries for the sake of bodies that are present during the chase sequence at the end. I agree. I dislike that. Element I dislike yeah, it yeah. heavily in this film because that's, that's all they are. They're just, we need, we need a random third party to be in vehicles to chase at, to, to make this end sequence happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I need you to pick seven different groups, roll a dice and whatever number it lands on, that is there for the people there. Yeah. I kind of wish it had just been Hydra. That's my point. Like remnants, yeah. That is that they, is my point They there. introduced a Hydra Thank element you. that was interested in pin particles in the first movie. Yes. Run yep. with it. Just introduce well, them. They're looking for Hank Pym. Why they, why they continue to go the ominous route because Birch even makes the statement, I need to get this technology because I'm deli- I need to deliver it to very dangerous people. Mm-hmm. We don't need that anymore. We get it. There's we dangerous get it. People they're, out there. they're dangerous people out there, and it's Hydra. Just call it. Just call it whatever it is. Call no, Hydra. You, you, Hydra. You, theoretically, you could even have done something like uh, advanced idea mechanics. I'm sure they sure. still exist in some way. Like I just, it's something. it boggles my mind that a film this good went with the faceless generic enemy route. I'm kind what I'm hope I th- I think th- what they might have been thinking is the turnaround for Ghost. I think they were hoping was more of a reveal moment. Kind of I would liken it to like that solo when they pull off the mask and you're like you see that young chick and I think it was supposed to be like a reveal for us yeah. and it just didn't come across that way. We might as viewers not be reading as much into that, but I think they were hoping people would get the turnaround for Ghost would have been a much more revealish moment. If they introduce Hydra as a, as an element, you're immediately like, they're the bad guys. Yes. Whatever Ghost is doing, she might not be a good guy, but they're the bad guys. I mean, they but tried you tried to you trick could, us. But they were already Ghost. the bad guys. But see, in, in they the were, film. In the film, they, they came across as stoogish. The fact yeah. that they came back again kind of surprised me see, until they did like, but that's when I started realizing see, that Ghost have, wasn't the bad guy. What would have been interesting is if they, if we got the reveal of Ghost and then what's his name came, Birch came back with Hydra. That's and he where said, I hope they'd go. These are the people who Well, think want about it. it. Those scenes are back to back. And if, and it would give we her. We get the reveal of Ghost and then Birch goes to Lewis to look for the location of where Pym is. So those scenes are literally right next to each other. How cool, how cool would that have been though? And it would actually have given Ghost more of an impetus to keep. And think of it. That's a double reveal if to, you do it to, that way. Yeah, to get You the, get the reveal of Ghost's backstory and you go, oh, okay, like, that's a terrible situation. I now feel for this character. And then what do you do with those feelings when you're then presented with... Hydra. Hydra. And and the thing is, it would it would be more do impetus I have two villains for, or um, I have for Ghost to keep that technology to herself. Correct, yeah, Because absolutely. she used to work for S.H.I.E.L.D., and if she thought she was working for S.H.I.E.L.D. the whole time and wasn't part of the Hydra bit, that would just make her more of an anti-hero. And think of it, the Hydra portion in terms of her, the only relationship is a very Winter Soldier-esque. 
yeah. style relationship. They yeah. turned her into a killer. They turned her into a killer. I think the thing that's much more impactful is that you really then have three parties vying for one item. Right. Ghost wants to survive. Ghost wants to they survive. They want to save Janet Van Dyne. And, and Hydra just and wants Hydra to kill just people. Hydra just wants to kill people. I think that would have worked a lot better. And I think, I, exact, I think it worked so much better than having they want to save Janet. Uh, Ghost, yes, she wants to survive, but then they threw in this weird caveat of, well, she wants to use Janet. She wants to use, like, well, when Janet comes out, we're just going to use her essence. To survive. To survive, right? It'll kill her. Maybe it won't. So it's like still trying to position her as this... Semi-antagonist. As the semi-antagonist. It's yeah. still trying to put her in that box. And uh, I, I thought it would have been much more interesting to have a hero and an anti-hero vying for two... Vying for the same item when I agree with both of their positions. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And a villain in a... And a, and a villainous organization doing what they usually do. Yeah, exactly. Being villains. Being villains. Just Not having a die. villain, I think, creates too much ambiguity for me to really get the full enjoyment of it because I'm constantly asking questions. It's like a Bond movie with way too many questions. It's trying to be more than what a Bond movie is. I Again, I, I as long as it's not... I'm hoping we're moving to the point where we can get away from a villain... And just own own like if if it had just been about the rescue mission, cut out Birch, and it just becomes Ghost is really determined to get this thing so she can save herself, and you guys are trying to kill. Oh, that's very superhero filmish. So don't get me wrong, I I I dislike Birch in the film based on what I got because it's there. I just think the potential is there to make something that is much more interesting in the universe that they're in. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than what they gave us, yeah. Than what they gave us. That still is not Avengers-oriented in its impact. Yeah. So. And, and it might have just come down to, like, Peyton's very big on localization. Yeah. And maybe that, again, he maybe he just wanted to, like, his vision was a self-contained. Yeah, do I really want to bring Hydra? This maybe thing hasn't, Hi- that hasn't been mentioned in. Yeah, maybe Hydra's too global or. Well, think about it. Uh, what was the Civil last War. time? Are you sure? Well, the Hydra agent that he got the the information about from Winter Soldier. That's a about. Russian. That was a Russian agent. But I again, believe, it was. Right? Well, oh, was he did Russian. say Hail Hydra. Yeah, yeah, he said Hail Hydra. I think that's the last yeah, but, real yeah, Hydra but that's like, we got. That's, that's like, like one dude. that's like old Hydra. That's like I don't the think old guard. Oh, you mean like Hydra. new Hydra? That's what I'm saying. Got... Since since the death of Alexander Pierce, I don't know if we've gotten any Hydra reference. Well, uh, the beginning of um, Avengers two. They're they're hunting down Hydra, the new Hydra. That's where they find the twins. Von Strucker. Von Strucker. And the yeah. Twins. Okay. So that's the, that. If you're talking new Hydra, that's that's Avengers. the most. Technically, the last they one. they believe at the when after that that they have destroyed Hydra. Minus the pin um, situation. Minus the one, the guy bidding on the uh, on the yeah. pin particles, and he was bidding on, on behalf jacket. of Hydra. Yep. Yeah, the guy bidding on behalf of Hydra for the yellow jacket suits. Yeah. So I think that that's the close. The last hard reference is Avengers Two, the last soft reference to old, to new to, to new, new age Hydra, Hydra, not the old is Ant Man. Is Ant Man? So and that, like maybe that's their concern: is do I really want to bring drag Hydra as a major component? In, Again, yeah. Especially since they will that. not revisit that till until probably after Spider Man. Yeah. What the yellow jacket thing? No, just just Hydra. Hydra. 
Like they're probably like Hydra will most likely not be an element in Captain Marvel Civil or Avengers, uh, as I like to call it, Infinity Four and uh, Spider Man. Ant Man Three might be the next time that it that it's in there. Right. We're so not like, getting a Captain America film. We know that. But that's what I mean. Like that that might be why they didn't want to introduce Hydras because we'd be going. It's not something least, they're going to address for at the least next yeah. four year years. to two years. Yeah, yeah I guess before that makes we would sense. even maybe three years max. Before we would, they would even have the ability to to return on that hydro yeah. investment. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's talk that's, about. Uh, I want to uh, go. That's the villains, right? Yeah, I want to talk about the chase seed real quick uh, because that's a huge bulk of this movie. Is this hot potato for for Hank Pym's base, which by the way is a building that he shrinks. It's it's a building. Everything in that place better be magnetically grappled to everything. Like, they, that, that, whatever it's so, built of is nuts. I, w- I want to address this <laughs> real quick. You walked out of the theater with very picky, like, really nitpicky aspects of the film, and I'm wondering why. Well, if you're going to come up with rules in your universe, follow them. Like, the, the building, the... It bothered me in the trailer, but like the the level of construction that would go into making a carry handle in a building doesn't make sense on the scale they built it at. If it was small, and it doesn't make any sense if you built that while it was big, like the the structural integrity. Like if it was made, out, it looked like it was made out of plastic. If it was made of plastic, now admittedly, this is in a universe with Iron Man. So yeah, the, science, the, like science, the get, fuck out of that handle. Are you, we're just gonna put quantum in front of everything. It's a yeah. quantum handle. Who knows? <laughs> Which Scott makes that it's joke. Made, right? It's uh, made out of quantum plastic. Oh, do you guys just throw quantum in front of everything? I I love that he's the viewer in most of those situations. Like he's just sitting there Scott watching them. Is science the audience. Right. Scott yeah, Lang yeah. is the audience for most of this. Yeah, because like they're just, you're just gonna throw quantum in front of everything. That's cool. Whatever. And then mm-hmm. he's sitting there watching them science, and we're the viewer doing the same thing, going, okay. <laughs> Stuff's happening. Okie dokie. When's the plot going to move again? And he, he's just like, look, guys, I got places to be. <laughs> so, for um, the, so for the chase scene, the reason I want to bring it up is, it, it, in my opinion, if it further enforces putting Ant-Man's name as a title of this film is really odd. Because there are things that Peyton Reed and uh, the direction of the film, there are things that they do to further emphasize that Ant-Man is not the focal point of most of the film. He's not in the driver's seat during the chase sequences for most of the film. Yep. He doesn't go to the quantum realm uh, at the end of the film. So he's not the hero- heroic character that right. goes Michael to Douglas the, is the guy who Michael goes Douglas to the quantum Douglas is the one who goes. Uh, in, the, in this situation, he was the distraction. Yeah. Like, he is not and the, the centerpiece of these <laughs> and things. And he is the MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, uh, he's, he's a bystander through most of it. That's what I mean. Like, he's sitting there watching people the, do things. Janet gets the... Uh, uh, Hope Van Dyne gets the first fight in the film uh, with, against Birch's men. A lot of these stereotypical superhero tropes are not... Uh, do not include the character whose name is on the billboard. Yeah, It's I, the first name on the billboard. And the chase scene kind of further emphasizes that, minus the whole push cart scenario with the truck, which was in the trailer where Ant-Man is kind of pushing pushing the cart, there's this weird kind of uh, team-up that's happening where they they even include X-Con. They even include uh, the security, uh, guys, the security yeah. guys 
Luis <laughs> and 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 those guys. They include them in the chase sequence. So much of it is to it takes away a little bit from Ant Man. I'm wondering how you guys felt going to see an Ant Man film and Ant Man not really being the main focal point of the film, I, especially as we got to the apex of it. I I, I mean I think for me. If I was going, if I was going just to see a superhero, if I was Ant Man, I want to see Ant Man through this whole thing. Yeah, I would have been disappointed. I think for me though, they did touch on Scott Lang as a person. Yeah. Uh, with his struggle to, uh, yes, he's caught up in all this superhero stuff, all this quantum whatever, um, but he still has to focus on being there for his family, and doing what he promised he would do yeah uh so so i was okay with that because we got more um we got to see scott lang as scott lang yeah. um but again if you're going there to see ant-man you're gonna have a problem you're yeah. gonna have a bad time yeah uh I, I love our first introduction to the movie is them crawling around exactly in a fort he built yeah and then i was like i love my dad but i like and i i really love my dad but I watched that and I was like, man, I really kind of wish Scott was my dad. <laughs> like that That's was a dope scenario. That was right? really bold. Like he made that like slides. Well, you got to think he had two years. I can't. Like he even <laughs> mentions he was like, you know, how hard it is to entertain a t- entertain a ten year old when you're not allowed to leave the house. <laughs> it was like, I've even learned this magic. And he just like <laughs> card, tricks. card tricks. I really wished By the that way, had become a thing. I, I, again, but it's one of those ones I love that it was something that was in the movie. It that was a didn't... recurring thing. Distraction. They, they right. They mentioned ghosts. the distractions, but yeah, like sleight he didn't like sleight of hand something. By the out. way, uh, <laughs> there's there's one sliver of this of this film uh, that I uh, I pull from the original Ant Man based on what we talked about earlier to hear things I didn't think I wanted. The FBI. Yeah. Oh my god. The I FBI love them. agents in this film. <laughs> He's like, are you, are, are you, you inviting me to dinner? Are you inviting me to dinner? No, no, no. But that why, why scene you, is like you, thirty to forty seconds. Are you of just them <laughs> just bantering, just bantering about whether or not he was actually inviting him to dinner? The whole sleight of hand thing. They go to get the FBI agent. and He's watching the, the same movie. video to try to. Like, what I told you not to interrupt me. And he's watching the magic video. So like so good. Peyton Reed, when it comes to like comedy, I think he nails. Uh, the aspects of the film for for humor. And they they kind of balance a little bit uh, where the FBI is bungling the The investigation. Um, But they are still somewhat competent. Like, he's an an idiot at times. I'm I'm glad they very quickly addressed, hey, they're gone and the building is missing too. Because there was a point I was just like, how does that guy think he's going to get away with with stealing... A building. A, 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 a level of evidence that important. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. Like, they watched that building shrink and then arrested them. So they know that is so his My man is just not going to throw this thing in a trunk and then and then move on from it. Which apparently they did. They threw it in a trunk. He walked up to the trunk, took it out, and then walked off and with then it. Walked- I was like... No one's gonna. No one's. No one's gonna be like, nobody? "Hey, there's an evidence log I need you to fill out." Like nobody's watching that. Like I would have been like, "You're watching that like a hawk. If you let it out of your sight, you're fired." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah. And they were like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna steal that out of a trunk, whatever." Um. But yeah, FBI really enjoyed those aspects of the film. Like when they came in, it's really good stuff. 
trying to think. Uh, as far as you mentioned the chase scene, yes, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the chase scene at times because it, it very much comes across as a shoehorned. Like again, there's no villain in this movie, but so it's they, a superhero esque event. Correct. That, that so takes that's place in a film. That's the superhero shoehorn that they put that in there. Yeah. And every movie kind of has one. As far as superhero shoehorns go, uh, it was visually. And I would appreciate that a little more than other ones. Yeah, I, yeah. like you know the the Wonder Woman fight with Magneto in the last fifteen. Yeah, minutes. like them, <laughs> the, yeah. them, like you got to think that's classic slapstick comedy. Them fighting over this piece, uh, you know, Ghost has it, and then she has it, and then Wasp falls on the car, and Birch takes it, and they're all fighting over this building. And then this dude's on a boat, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, is yeah. he going to get there? And then you just see the, and then, like, the jaws, like, Yeah, like the, the whale thing. feet scenario, <laughs> like, just... Oh, look, we're hardly out of the harbor, and already and we're... And already there's... <laughs> like, like, it's very... It's paced really well. I think uh, someone was mentioning uh, they should have they put uh, people in, in the building while it was happening. Ant-Man fighting... I don't know who he would fight, someone who is small, that would also be in the building while it's moving around, giving you the perspective of what is actually happening in On the, the inside. That's what Ant-Man I wanted to see. He's trying to put the numbers in. He's trying to get the machine situated or whatever the case may be. And maybe, they're just getting maybe thrown there, around maybe all there over is, the place. Maybe there is a magnetic lock that keeps everything down. Yeah. And it turns off in the middle have, of it. And I, things start rolling around. I imagine they have to be smart enough to have figured that out. Yeah, yeah. But, they, it's it's a no, quantum, but it would have been never, funny to see. There's a quantum field that keeps everything. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> you guys do throw quantum in front of everything. <laughs> I, I do hate the fact that they basically shrunk down to the quantum level. And then it was like, okay, well, we're in the quantum level. Well, the fun bit is, since molecules don't matter, you're now quantumly there, and the building is now quantumly all the way over there. Yes. You would not have moved with the quantum matter of the building. Correct. The molecules actually would have moved around you. Would have moved you. around, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would have been lost where you were. You, you're you not anywhere near the tunnel anymore. But they kind of insinuated like the tunnel can lock on. So that was the so, idea. He's getting pulled. So, he's getting yeah, pushed yeah, yeah. in, and then he's getting pulled back. I thought it's one like of those ones tether. where I was like, "That's yeah." It's it was one of those ones that I was like, "This is weird." And I get and that they, they just don't want to go into the science. So it's less of a distance thing, I guess. And more when of you a, think of it, like I mean, it, it, they it made it seem like be. it was more of a time I know, I know. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than a distance thing. Yeah, time works funny down there. Time, uh, which to to your what you were saying is like how this isolates itself within the movie and like how, how it ties into other ones. The there's there's two two drop lines from Jane Van Dyne. Yes. Where it's like, okay, hey, uh that's we're about to get into now. So Yeah. The I figured that's where we're heading next. Yep. The one line, uh your that light from your hands and it was like I was I changed. It's more it's less about adapting than um, it is about evolution. Evolution. Which yeah. to me just feels like a giant mutant bomb. Uh, yes. That's a huge yes. line. That's a that's a huge line that's like, wait a minute, so the quantum realm can create mutants? Because yeah. that's what she came out as. True. They they can call it whatever they want, but if she evolved and now has superpowers, she's, she's a mutant. mutant. Yeah. You know what I think that is? I think that's a because we were talking about the impact of that line when we walked out of the theater. I said, that is a line you can do whatever you want with. Right. If you oh, ne- yeah. if you if the Fox deal falls through 
you just say no it was one is a one off. Think twice about it, right? Yeah. But if, if the Fox deal goes through, that's your setup. That's part that's your of your foundation. setup. Like you something have, happens in the quantum realm. We have two setups for mutants. We have the Infinity Stones, and we have Quantum Realm. Fox deal goes through. You just put a slight reference to both those events being correlated to one another, and boom, you can start creating mutants in the MCU. Yep. yep. Done deal. Easy. Now, again, I. How you frame that within the 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 fact that the X Men were originally framed within the civil rights movements and then the gay rights movement and then whatever the hell they're doing now, uh, I would frame it within the refugee right movement. Uh, yeah, I would yeah. Fra- I would frame it within the movement that is taking place today. Yeah, Correct, exactly. and which is a ballsy decision to make. Should they do it? Because yeah. that's making a major political statement. Do something like which uh, X Men has always done, like Genosha, but never right. in never in, in film form. So I, but Regardless. who knows where that's going to happen? Yeah. But I like that line is super to me. Just being like, we know mutants might be a thing soon. We're just going to drop this little nugget right here. If we never do anything really with it, other than like a reference it later on to being like she has powers. But it, they they can use that as the springboard. That and the twins. Yeah. From yeah. Um, Wanda Maximoff as a springboard for yeah. mutants going yeah. forward. So the, that line and then the, the 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 line right before the sadness uh, where she's like, yeah, as you're getting past the – as you're about to enter the void, like watch out for tardigrades. They will eat you, which I don't understand how she knows what tardigrades are or how they interact with them because she was she was below their atomic level. Yes. Like she was in – she was in the – what we in the comic book verse would call the microverse. Yeah. Yes. The tardigrades are actually just above subatomic. Yeah. So. They're the smallest known organism that we know of. Yeah. So the fact that she knows what a tardigrade is and that it will eat you makes no sense to me because she never should have been able to interact with them. They're on a completely separate atomic level. Agreed. But whatever. Uh, but she said, and you have to watch out for the time vortexes. Time vortexes. Right? So I, th- there's a lot of speculation around that I've heard that they think that's how Scott Lang goes back he gets, well, to the original Avengers movie. Well, I heard, really? I, I heard, I heard that that, okay. that might be the case. And I also heard that he might get shunted forward as well. Cause they cast an older Cassie. So, yeah. So we don't like, we might really? see, him, we might see that might be how he's relevant to Avengers four is we see him time jumping around. So he, like, that he's, he's using right, the time vortexes to try to find a way out. Right, he's stuck in the quantum realm, and he's basically just hopping into the time vortexes, trying to find a point where he can exit the quantum realm at the present. And he, maybe he goes backwards, maybe he goes forward. But that might be how he interacts with the Avengers with and Captain it, America in the original oh, Avengers you, could event. You, could you imagine if if he jumps to the future first, and he sees a grown like an older Cassie, she tells him what happened. And then he has to jump back. Then he, he hits another time vortex, goes back, accidentally lands in the wrong time. In 2000. In 2012, or whenever that was. 2010. 2010. So 2008 was Iron Man, I think, when, two years later. When the Chitari are first attacking, learn something there. It goes through. Like, see, that He could there, either stay there, or he could then jump Let again. me put it this way. Yeah. That there is an insane B plot. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't even think about walking out of the Avengers theater. Like, wh- I thought about time vortexes, and then I was talking to someone, and it clicked. But, but let me ask you this: like- When you walked out of Infinity War, the the only thing about time I thought about was Doctor Strange having seen something. 
how what what instance of the future what works instance for them. of the future works for them. I was not thinking about Ant, how Ant Man interacts with Infinity War. In, yeah. uh, Infinity War. And I have not thought le- about that. That might lend more credence as to the the trailer thing where it says our our tiniest or our tiniest hero is our biggest hope. Yeah. That like that might be a uh, hey. Like, guess what? Also, also you know? a play on words, you know. Hope is tiny, but she's yeah, also yeah, the yeah, best yeah. hero in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I started when I came out of Ant Man. I was I was thinking about that because they said very clearly that Ant Man is not just filler. It, it what happens in Ant Man is directly related to what happens in Avengers Infinity Four and what that means. So when she mentions time vortexes in that movie, I was just like, like the tardigrades. The that is what you're listening out for. Right. That was the moment I was. That's that's when I was just like, uh. But she she doesn't have a lot of dialogue in the movie, so I really tried to pay. Like I knew she wasn't in the movie a lot from reviews. Yeah. So I was really paying attention to what they said because it, what she says needs most likely will have to be relevant to, to Avengers Four. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that was the line. That got those two lines were what got me. One, I feel like is, is Marvel is Marvel being like, okay, we're gonna invest in this, and if it pans out, awesome. If it doesn't, awesome. But if it does pan out, mutants. If it yeah. doesn't pan out, Whatever. she's freaky, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> told you, I was win-win. freaky, right? Win win. The other line though, when she was just like, yeah, and watch out for the time vortexes, and I was just like, there's a scene where he's talking to Captain America in the past, yeah. Wah, wah. Well, everyone thought it was it was barf, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, he was carrying a barf briefcase. Yeah. In the in the shots where he was talking to Captain America, and who knows, maybe that's an element of that where he's just like, okay, look, I'm going to tell you some shit, yeah. and I need you to realize I'm telling the truth. So here's are my memories played right. out here is, for you. Here is what happens. Here's how we know each other. Like maybe that's how you that's how you can like Cap, if he were to just show up in Avengers. This is why you can 1, trust me, right? If he were just to show up in Avengers one and be like, "Hey, I'm from the future, and we're buddies." Yeah, Cap. You right? We we kind of call each other Cap. Maybe kind of sort of yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. know you. Can I call you Cap? Right. So <laughs> little moments like that, like especially since Captain America is just so recently out of the ice, aren't going to go over well. So if something needs to happen there. That's it. So I know we're getting way off track, but now like my brain is like <laughs> percolating. It's right? percolating because the danger you play with that is now you're fucking with timelines. Right. And we already know from uh, Doctor Strange that messing with time has messing with time has consequences. So consequences. now imagine for a moment Captain America in 2010 knows what's going to happen in the future. But that depends. So he knows that he's going to meet Ant-Man coming out of a van. But what if Ant-Man uses Barf to show him what happens? Oh, so like him and Iron Man never split up? No, that's the thing. What yeah. if Civil War never happens? They're stronger So what if the consequences of Avengers 4 it, it brings about a different circumstance because Ant-Man went back and yeah, told them uh, what happened. Yeah, because obviously Ant-Man does not know about Thanos. He doesn't know, he doesn't know anything. anything. He's been in the quantum but realm. But he knows time. the Civil War. And they, they even mentioned this so many times in building up Civil uh, yeah. Infinity War. How do we make Thanos a threat? We break him up. Yeah. So imagine, like, which 
I don't think this is the route they'll go, but I'm very concerned if they go with the time vortex. As much as I love making Ant Man relevant, because then you start you start fucking around with like you timelines. Un- you undo movies that have happened. Yeah, like really crazy. Like maybe shit. maybe How does Captain uh, Marvel. Uh, maybe Mjolnir. That, like, uh, maybe Mjolnir. Like it doesn't get destroyed. Like. Like, could you imagine if the if the post credit scene of Captain Marvel in the nineties is Ant Man coming out of a time vortex? Oh, in the nineties. In the nineties, like talking to talk. He gets thrown out of a time vortex. He's talking to Nick Fury in the nineties. He's like, "Oh, hey, you're dead." Yeah. <laughs> now all of a sudden, Nick Fury knows about an Ant Man from the future. Like, really, like it <laughs> Come, can, it he can comes get out crazy. And he just goes, Do you have any orange slices? <laughs> It could get really crazy, like really crazy. Right. So I don't, I don't know what the plan is with that, but that's a very, but that's a speci- huge. That's line. a very specific line to not be yeah. relevant. Yeah, in the rest I, of that, I, film. I agree. especially since right. we've seen footage of him talking to Captain America in the in original, the in the original in the, Avengers scenes and, wait, wait, and costume, costume that horrible, horrible Avengers one. Costume. Is he an Ant Man costume? Yeah. Uh, or is yeah, he just? I, a, I mean, we see him without the mask. That's but what I I'm believe saying. He he's is in, suited up. He's suited up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's 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 go through the <laughs> let's go through the closures of of our characters. Uh, uh, Ghost um, is fixed. Uh, it, it is quote stable. unquote is stable. stabilized. They're they're still term. going for quantum healing energy. Yes, uh, for, for our, for our friend Ghost. I hated that quantum healing particles is what they said. All right, quantum healing particles. And they, I seriously think they just put quantum in front of everything, and and they. Called them healing particles. They could be any type of particle. They just happen to heal ghosts. I just, yeah, I, I kind of wish they had just said uh, going for the quantum particles. The ghost. Yeah, the ghost. It, it, healing was something. I don't, I don't need the term healing. I, I, I it's implied at this point. Sciency talk. That's all. Quantum it is. healing particles. But so, ghost is somewhat stabilized. Hyperfuel. In this, yeah, <laughs> in this weird uh, anti-hero no position. Uh, we haven't talked about Bill Foster. At all? Oh wow! So, yeah. In this, I, I was gonna, I was thinking of that, and then we jumped really quickly. Yeah. Uh, the Bill Foster reveal, like I was just like, we like Bill Foster original Black Goliath. Yeah. Um, or just Goliath. Or Goliath. We know that he's he's a he's a, he was a superhero, and then in this moment where we saw him show up, and I was like, oh man, it's Lawrence Fishburne. They're not gonna cast that if not if he's not doing a lot. I was like, mate. We even talked about it. I was like, maybe, maybe he's the villain. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. wouldn't it be crazy if he was like the villain? And, and then that scene where he appears and he he legitimately kind of helps them. There's that moment where he almost seems like he's regretting helping them. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I was just like, maybe he's not. Yeah, maybe he he's the reluctant. the line really well. And, yeah. then, and then, boom, it turns out he is. But I love that line where she, she goes, there's other ways to get him to do what they want. He has a kid. And he goes, if you go after that kid, I will walk away from this. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, he's not that bad of a guy. He legitimately just wants to help her. And yeah. and you and you even see where she's not that bad of a person because she could just go screw you. Yeah. And do it anyway. And do it anyway when she walks out of the room. And then he'd. He'd be, she'd be like, hey, I have the part. Yeah, that scene is that scene is huge. Yeah. So in terms of their closure, uh, she gets a little bit of stability and attempts to leave Bill Foster, and Bill says, no, I'm not leaving you behind. So they kind of go off on their own. 
Um, and they're presumably still in contact presumably with still in contact with Pym. And I mean, Hank, they have to get in Pargle and, somewhere. And yeah. Hank did say to Bill, "We will figure this we out will figure this together." Out together. Right. So just, I need to get Janet back, and then we will figure this out yeah. once. In she's terms and of, I, you know what? I'm sorry, real quick. One thing I really liked is that they showed Janet was just as intelligent as Hank. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh yeah, I've had 30 years to think about this. You were good. But you don't have the equation don't quite have right. Equation. Here's the right equation. Yeah. And he's like, really? How'd you do this? And it was like, I've had 30 years to think about this. But yeah. she's just you've been as, a little distracted. She's just as smart as he is, if 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 not more. I mean, we 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 don't we haven't seen how smart she is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So Bill Foster, uh, Ghost, presumably they're on their own doing whatever it is that they're doing. In the meantime, they're communicating with our our Ant Man crew. Who are who have found a way to uh, create a smaller version of the quantum tunnel <laughs> that they used to get to the quantum realm in the first place? And Hank is very very unhappy that it's in a van. That it's in a van. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's in you the said you wanted it smaller. Uh, and the Ant Man crew are uh, they are traveling back to the quantum realm to get some type of healing particles that will help permanently quantum heal, healing particles quantum healing particles that will if permanently name them, heal ghost it. condition by the way ghost condition for those of you who are wondering she uh she kind of doesn't really exist she exists she, out of phase yeah, with reality phase. due she to the quantum energy that in and out of reality. so it kind of looked like all her future and past were kind of displayed as it was happening yeah like so where she was gonna be where she was and where she is yeah or all at the same time which means that she can't touch certain things she can't interact with certain well, things. i was thinking like quantum quantum tangling it says that a particle can ex- basically exist one place and another place and another simultaneously place so time. that's what was happening with her body is yeah. that she, it was simultaneously not where it was and where it was at the same time yeah which allowed her to phase through things yeah mm-hmm. uh so uh they send ant-man to the quantum realm <laughs> uh, and he uh, absorbs the particles and says, "All right, beam me up, Scotty. I'm I'm ready to go back." Only to have all three <laughs> of the of the Pym family uh, be snapped away by Thanos's uh, snap, uh, which is a, a crazy set. Like the theater. There was an audible gasp. In the yeah, theater. we were like, "What?" They were like, "What?" I think Even all, people who knew, like, one of them this was ain't going. End well, like, I was thinking it'd be really mean if they came out of it and Janet Van Dyne's the one to go. <laughs> yeah, like and they're like, "Hey, we rescued you, Ash." Yeah. Right? Like, I figured that would be like the the really punch to the gut thing. Yeah. The punch to the gut thing is to abandon Scott to the abandon realm. Scott in the quantum realm on uh, his own when, and all three of the people that could possibly help him are now gone now yeah. um, there is a rumor that in the quantum realm Joe, uh, you and I just talked about this earlier before we started recording yeah yeah so there's this face. weird sequence that people are really diving into which is uh, there's uh, three different camera angles there's one of of Pym floating in space, you're looking at his eye. There's one that's a little further back, uh, and then there's one that's a lot further back. And the realm is kind of morphing the way it usually does. And then there are people who are saying it morphs into this really weird shape that people are equate. They they feel like they see something. Some people have said Thanos. 
They see Thanos' face. There are some people who say they've seen Dormammu's face. That's where I would uh, go. Yeah, yeah. And like, if it's Dormammu, I am all for uh, it. Like, there's a lot of, like, really weird things that people have seen. I think it's, I think this is, like, the ink test. There's just shit there, and people are seeing <laughs> oh, whatever they want to see. Yeah, yeah, it's just a Vorschach test. That's all it is. Um, what do you see? It's Stormammu. Like, like they're just throwing. It's like if Batman took it, it'd be like bats. But it does do something. Yeah. I will admit that. I don't know exactly what that thing is, but it is something. Uh, With that being said, Ant-Man is now trapped down at the bottom in the quantum realm with no seemable way to get out, and there's just dust settling on on the roof. In my opinion, what is the just as important post-credit scene that a lot of people do not like I like this is the too, second yeah. post-credit scene which pans out on a San Francisco that is audibly quiet except for the sound of no signal on the TV screen and uh, the giant ant that was that had taken Scott's place was playing rock band uh, and that was it and it cuts end of film There's followed by Ant-Man and, and Wasp, Wasp will, oh, will return. return. Question, Question mark. mark. Uh, so digging it in, digging it in a little bit, turning the knife as Marvel has done recently. I want to highlight the second scene because I, I, I don't think I'm on my own. Like Jeff and I had a conversation about it, but I think we left that theater and people hated that second scene. I liked it. Like I, I loved, loved seeing the, seeing the aftermath. Yes. yes. Which we haven't seen yet. Yes. yes. They're the only instance of aftermath to Thanos's, the impact of Thanos's decisions is the New York scene. But that's immediately after. That is like helicopters crashing in the air. It's Wasn't like, the emergency it's broadcast system playing? Was it? Was that noise playing on so, the TV? So, yes. yes. Yeah. Well, it was, well, so, yes. It, it was like it was an end signal. It wasn't an emergency broadcast. It was an end signal. Like, there was no signal being transmitted gotcha. on the TV screen. Like, at this point, like, even news has failed. Yeah. yeah. So, there's a reason I want to get into that, and I, I want to ask this question in a moment. Um, but in New York, you had just gotten pandemonium. Helicopter crashes, car crashes, people disappearing in the streets, all this other stuff. Here's my question. Is there an opportunity that Avengers 4 is a post-apocalyptic film? Yeah, like that's that's what I was going to see if cuz cuz uh you could do it two ways, right? You could have if Ant-Man is in it in the way we think he's going to be, what he's doing. And then you could cut to present day what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh what are the heroes that we have left doing? Right, um, and if if that's the case, yeah, I think it would be post-apocalyptic. It, it that ending, that desolation, silence that you hear that, that in you San see Francisco. in San Francisco is very like post-apocalyptic silence. Well, and that's right? that's it, it's every every zombie game you've ever played. That was the thing that jumped out to me. Yeah. Was I started thinking about it and I went the. The equation that Thanos used was, I am eliminating half of all life in the universe. Mm -hmm. That half does not discriminate Mm -hmm. at all. It doesn't go, San Francisco has this many people, I will take this many out of it. 
New York has this many people. I will take this many out of it. It just says this is half of life. I'm cutting half of it out. If anything, more people in those cities will disappear because they harbor more people. On the sheer numbers of it. Yeah. But I think what uh, the because there's no discrimination at all, Mm -hmm. there's a chance San Francisco could be completely emptied. Yeah. There's no there's no discrimination. Yeah. Well, we don't know if it discriminates against uh, intelligent life. Like, are half the ants gone? Well, well, no. My point is, my point is, in terms of civilized society, because there is no discrimination, there's nothing stopping that snap from saying, clearing I, out a there whole. There are eight Francisco billion people in the world. I need to remove four billion, and I know that four eight million of this four four billion are in New York City. I'm just going to take that four billion, and now New York City is a desolate, empty place with no one in it. And the reason I thought about that is I went, there's, I, 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 it finally clicked. There's no possible way I can then accept Avengers 4 feeling like there's some form of stable society in place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, no yeah. way. No way. There cannot be some, any form of infrastructure in place. That's what I'm hoping um, Captain America, part of the reason why Captain America just fell down defeated. Because, like, just the sheer ramifications of that, just societally. And you don't really get... I think that's the beauty of Avengers Infinity War, when he just goes, Oh, God. God." And he kind of sits back, and there's that defeated feeling. It's because, as a viewer, we're still reeling from that. But Captain America, being a man who's lived a very long time... Well, lived through the Holocaust... Who exactly who lives knows through, what goes, this looks like? Oh my god, and knows what's gonna happen the aftermath, right? How do you recuperate from something like Correct. that? Correct. Well, he never got to see the recuperation, he never got to see, he's yeah, been exactly, frozen the whole time. He was time. frozen exactly. before he got so to he see that. He doesn't even know, but he lived in the 40s, he lived when the World War II was the worst thing to have possibly happened, it was the end of the world, quote unquote. And now he's it, like. I wonder if he's the one person who can conceptualize conceptualize that. what the end of the world looks like because based on the time he lived in, it was the end of the world. Yeah. And now he's like, now we fast forward to Avengers Infinity, uh, the, the new film, and I just realized Ant-Man set the stage for what is seemingly your post-apocalyptic film. It's not trees growing in cities. It's not... It's not... Silence. It's just silence in some cities. It wouldn't surprise me if the next Avengers film starts, and obviously it'll show things that are relevant to like certain heroes, but it cuts to, to a city that one of the heroes are in. It's just dead silence. There's yeah. no one there. Cities have been abandoned. Humans have had to congregate together and essentially create their own cities. You know? So maybe maybe like... One city on the east coast or north or south, one on the west, north or south. Yeah, because people like, people in the middle of the country, imagine if a farm has a certain workforce and now that workforce has been cut in half. Or or gone completely. Or gone completely. Yeah. But yeah, we, we probably don't have the infrastructure to run cities anymore. Yeah, so that's the thing. So now they're small towns forced to, to work on their own. You know, the, the picture that can be painted in this instance is insane. And this is the example of, is Thanos really right? 
that is it really like uh hey your people are not fighting for food anymore because you have to think because there's no infrastructure how are people going to get the food that's left yeah of course there's this be- is the ramifications that thanos doesn't see and i think that's yeah, what yeah. might make the next film beautiful yeah but uh maybe that's something I, we force him to like that not we but maybe that's something that the avengers force him to see we don't know what level of involvement he has in the planets that he's done that yeah. too yeah true. like maybe he helped nurture he the infrastructure post post what he did true like we don't i my my understanding is he kind of like gov maybe he kind of governs the planets my well i took it too. as he was relatively detached from it all because while people were gunning down people in the streets he was hanging around with gamora doing his own thing Right, but he, his, his people were doing that. His th- no, his people were. But that's what I meant. But like, I don't know if he be, has any. He might be partially responsible for implementing a system, like a, some type a, of infrastructure, a, a, a centralized government. Correct. Like, like at least until well, the we know he's not doing it now. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, he just did it to the entire universe. Yeah, so, and then said, "Peace." He's like, "I don't have the resources um, for that." He's like, "I can run a farm by myself. You guys can do it. You guys can do it." <laughs> I I I just noticed his armor on the scarecrow suit mm-hmm. uh, out in the farm. And I was like, that's really nice. It's a nice touch. Uh, we were talking about that. I think uh, during the, re- when we first started talking about it back uh, yeah. when mm-hmm. we had the round table with all yeah, of yeah, us, yeah. that he was like, it's a straight shot from the comic book. Yep. It's, it's his exactly. armor on a scarecrow. It's scaring it's, the shit out of people. It's <laughs> yeah. super subtle. Yep. Uh, it's, it's not highlighted at all. It's blurry. Like mm-hmm. you have to look for it. Yep. And that is that to me is a great great yeah. moment. Well, Ant Man and the Wasp in theaters right now. It's a big deal. Go see it. By the way, tell your friends. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War will be available on uh, digital HD and Blu-ray and all that stuff. July thirty-first. Cannot wait. Month. So you get to watch it again with all the bonus goodies bonus. inside of it. Uh, by the way. Uh, Comic-Con is obviously coming up uh, and a couple other things. We'll so see how much of preview we I'm get hoping, from that. I'm hoping we get a trailer <laughs> for the new one. I'm, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Uh, definitely something for Captain Marvel. We'll wouldn't, probably, it be, we'll wouldn't it be great t- if the trailer is just half the screen? <laughs> just like the screen, just half of it and trailers running on the one Actually, one question before we're done. Half the Real characters quick. are redacted from it. Are, are you... Are you concerned about when we will start hearing about Infinity War because the release time from Captain Marvel and this is so close? Uh, I think it's the same conversation about the new Spider-Man movie as well. You know, how what how much how much can you market this with the with the understanding that half that the Avengers is exactly. two is two months later? I think right. we're we're gonna get a lot of mysterious trailers featuring characters that we know are alive. Like That's we'll probably we'll see Thanos, Iron Man, Ant Captain Man. America, Hulk. Like they're all going to be on the tra- They're all going to be on the promotional materials. Yeah. I think you'll see very little of Spider Man. No, I Black know that. Panther. I'm saying Hawkeye, for the success yeah. of Captain Marvel. Oh, I think they're going to super low key the, the the Infinity. Oh yeah, definitely. you think so? Yeah. What well, Captain Marvel? They know they need to sell. They Infinity don't. War, they Infinity don't. This need is their to first in, new in, character. Infinity right. Infinity War. If you saw, if you saw Infinity War. You don't need to market the next movie, right? And Infinity Infinity War was argued, I, I think, one of the most was, seen movies most of all time. Most successful film ever, right? So they know that people are going to go see In- Infinity Four, whatever that means. Too fast to infinity. Too, too fast, fast to infinity. infinity. 
the and beyond. <laughs> Wait, got to throw that Disney thing in there. Yeah, 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 they don't. I don't think they need to heavy market that. Captain Marvel, on the other hand, they have to market it, heavily. Is a new they property sell the shit out of yeah. That a lot of that the average person's going to come in and they're going to be like, WTF? Yeah. So very similar to Doctor Strange. He knows who Doctor Strange is. You know who Doctor Strange is. Joe Schmo in the corner, though, probably not. Joe Schmo pointing at Joe Schmo. They're probably not. They're like Doctor Strange. He does the weird things with his fingers, and he's on some movie posters, and he has a really nice collar. Sure. I'm going to say it's a shirt because most people don't know it's a cloak. But Benedict Cumberbatch. Right? (laughs) That movie needed to be sold. Yeah. Yeah. Ant-Man. He's one of the founding Avengers, but if you ask people, he's not the one they talk about. Needed to be sold. Yeah. So we'll see going forward. Um, but yeah, Ant-Man in theaters right now. Go, Go see, see it. it. Go see it. Uh, that's going to be it for us. Uh, nice lengthy episode. Um, we talk a lot. We'll, we'll get back to your regularly scheduled programming. No, 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 next week. Next week. No, 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 next uh, week. But for side and for props for myself, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Looking forward to it. See you. Woo-hoo. Friday's day. <laughs> <laughs>